Charles Rathman here from 4Construction Pros with another exciting edition of the Digging Deeper podcast, this time with cat construction expert Lonnie Fretz. He'll explain the connected job site, what it is, why it matters, and how CAT is delivering the connected job site experience with CAT Connect, 3D grade control, vision link, and CAT productivity. Now, this is a lot of ground to cover, and by the time we were done, we had a podcast so long, they took me aside and politely asked me to break it into two. So, this is the podcast episode so nice, we did it twice. Let's get started. One thing holding back digital transformation and construction is the offline nature of production work that happens in the field. Other industries started connecting production equipment not long after the first programmable logic controller was invented in 1968, enabling automated workflows and lean processes. But the episodic and remote nature of construction has been preventing contractors and project owners from realizing similar efficiencies. Today, we have with us Caterpillar Senior Market Professional Lonnie Fritz to discuss how the connected job site is now more and more of a reality and in reach of more contractors than ever before. How are you doing, Lonnie? I'm doing very well, Charles. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is going to be great. I've been looking forward to this for a few days now. So, Lonnie, why do you think we're finally seeing connected equipment and processes in construction now? I mean, wireless technology has been around for a while. What are the triggers that make this more practical in the field today than like maybe a few years ago? There's more and more available today than ever before. Um, I think not only is it being more readily adopted um, because it is is more available on more products, whether it be dozers, motor graders, cold planers, asphalt pavers, whatever the product may be um, in the Caterpillar lineup, um, the data coming off is more actionable on these telematics platforms that visualize not only location, but fuel, hours, idle time, the fault codes, machine health, utilization. You know, back in the original days of telematics, we weren't looking at utilization per se. We were just happy to have the fuel level, know where the machine was at, and we thought we really were awesome when we had those service meter units or those hours on the machine. Um, so now that we're getting in the deeper, richer data, um, and I know we'll probably talk about as we go through here is the word productivity, you know, uh, not only what the machine is doing, but down to the segmentation level um, and the type of work going on based on the location where that work's taking place that the machine is using per its passes and the overall progress. Um, The other point that's ever so um, important here when we look at telematics and connectivity and just why are we seeing uh, such an increasing trend is the machine data allows the end user of the data to identify, you know, those necessary actions to be taken, whether it be the machine health specifically, um, the process improvement of the overall operation on the job site, even operator coaching opportunities. You know, are we seeing a, a certain gear that's being used? Maybe we're going into a pile with a wheel loader and fourth gear. You know, all that information can come back through the telematics platform and lead to um, great uh, coaching opportunities to help develop our workforce and our employees um, and make sure we're not uh, causing harm to the machine or they're definitely not uh, having those safety issues on the job sites. And also, competitive, right? We, we are in, in business to make money. There is usually competition. 
And if we have this um, increased adoption and the value that contractors are experienced from their, from their connected equipment, um, you know, com- their competitors have been leveraging this telematics too. So it's kind of not keeping up per se with, uh, with the Joneses, as the saying goes. But uh, long story short is to being competitive today, many of these technologies that we're bringing to market, um, contractors are seeing that they need to adopt them to drive down their unit costs to stay profitable. But before all that, they have to be able to win the bid. And um, whether it be telematics or grade, payload, compact, um, these technologies are really helping the contractor keep that competitive edge by having these uh, data that is much deeper than they ever had before. Again, beyond hours, location, and fuel, and really looking at idle time, utilization, and the true cost, because they can tie what the machine is doing or not doing uh, back to true cost and make those bids more accurate in the future. Yeah, I know we'll delve more to those use cases and the practical ways we can surface this information a little bit deeper down in this conversation. But first, I mean, before you can do anything with the data, you've got to get it off the equipment and likely into a back office environment where folks are doing decision support with that data. So a critical component to my way of thinking with the type of automated workflows that a connected job site can deliver has to do with how you get that reliable connection of data. And construction isn't like manufacturing. It doesn't take place in a fixed location. You can be even outside the, the range of, of a cell signal. So what are the different ways that, that Caterpillar is taking their equipment and make sure that it's in a position to communicate with the other systems that might consume the data off that machine? Yeah, we and we do experience that, you know, being a global company, um, North America has connectivity pretty much throughout the nation, but it still has those gaps, has those dark areas where connectivity is not available or at least not the signal strength needed. Um, I cover South America as well. You know, and down there, it's not cellular connectivity that's popular, it's satellite connectivity. Um, so where cell coverage is unavailable, but satellite coverage is available, um, our product link Telematic systems on the machines work off the satellite um, connectivity and satellites very well. Um, we are continuously working on improving the hardware and software, um, you know, to maximize job site connectivity of our customers' fleets. So, um, like a cell phone, it works really well when it's connected, and uh, our machines, especially the Telemax platforms with those product-linked devices, the hardware side of the equation. Um, need connectivity as well. Again, cellular, satellite, and some of those boxes will will play on both sides of that fence. Yeah, I got news for you, but in North America, I mean, heck, where I live, we have cell dead spots all over the place. So let's not uh, you know beat our chest too hard, or you know look down our nose at some other country because man, we got work to do. But yeah, when when I talk to some people about this kind of this connectivity issue. What I'm hearing is that you know more and more the telematics units that are coming to market on machines will have a hierarchy where if there is inadequate connectivity, they will default to satellite, but they might shrink down the amount of data that's shared only to mission critical things like fuel and safety related things. And then when a, a better te- technology or connection is available, they will relay the rest of the data, or you can do it on a thumb drive. So 
it seems like uh, you know folks will find a way. But we are hearing a lot about things like 5G and in some parts of the United States and the, uh, the rest of the, the world too, you have access to that. Are there additional utilities or capabilities that become feasible once you have that higher quality wireless connection? Yeah, most definitely, Charles. Um, you know, the advantages of fifth generation, specifically, or 5G, um, simply is, you know, bigger, faster, better, right? The the way we all like to move, would be 2G, 3G, 4G, and then LTE, and now into 5G. It's just, um, we know that 5G allows that transfer of more data in a shorter amount of time, which equals quicker downloads. So we can provide um, you know, greater interfaces, greater abilities of our machines, of our platforms that we're bringing more on the productivity side when we can transfer these larger packets, if you will, of data um, in, in leveraging the technology. Again, that increased speed, you know, 5G and construction allows for greater capacity of remote execution and, and greater number of connected assets. And when you really look at it, you know, we hear a lot about um, the 5G build out. You know, I think uh, it's been uh, it's been on a good track, a, a pretty steady pace in trying to take us from 4G to 5G. And it really enables more job sites to be connected with the faster speed. So if we really look at kind of a use case here and say, what, what does all this mean out in the dirt? Right. What does this mean on the job site? Well, this really this monumental advantage to 5G is is just the potential that it lends to a connected job site. And you've mentioned, Charles, a couple of times here, and most importantly, is from a safety perspective. Um, when we leverage IoT or Internet of Things, you know, the 5G allows sensors interfaced with wearables on workers. Um, when you look at being able to geofence them and prevent the worker from you know, entering a danger zone um, or a dangerous area, um, per se. So as we get more and more connectivity, we get this signal strength, we get this latency down where we can go as far out as, um, you know, connecting the employee itself. You know, we did good at connecting machines. We've done really well. They're continuing to expand and broaden out um, telematics and the connected iron. What about our most valuable asset? And that is those uh, workers that have boots in the dirt or at least present on the job site. If we can connect them through wearables, create geofences, help save them from getting into harm's way, that's the true win. And I think that's what this build out with this uh, additional connectivity um, in these locations, not only getting those areas, as you mentioned, Charles, that aren't connected or maybe have a lower signal strength, but really boosting them up to where we need them to be. Um, it's going to drive efficiency and most importantly, safety. Yeah. Yeah. And for smaller devices, whether that's like a wearable or a, a hand tool, you might have these days through a variety of different channels, a Bluetooth low energy type of tag on that that can communicate oftentimes to a receiver that's on that piece of heavy equipment or their network with each other, kind of like Amazon Sidewalk. Have you, you know, heard much rumbling or seen much going on as far as that type of, of mode for connecting uh, things that might be operated around the Caterpillar equipment? Yeah, most definitely. You know, and I, when I see that word Bluetooth or hear that word Bluetooth pop up, my mind instantly goes to how CAD has leveraged Bluetooth technology in so many ways. And I want to share an example of one way, and that's through the Product Link uh, 161 CAT locator. Um, it is a Bluetooth enabled device 
um, designed for locating and tracking work tools, attachments, small tools, signs, trailers. We have customers even putting them on air compressors and and other items like that. Um, any item that the contractor desires to locate with technology versus manual means. I spent 16 years in the industry as a heavy highway project manager. And I tell you, you're, you're running multi-million dollar jobs. You're in charge of everything from front to back. And you're getting a phone call or a text message asking you where a millhead attachment is or where a broom bucket is for a skid steer. And you know, it, it's pretty minor to somebody, you know, my, um, in my role, trying to uh, manage much bigger responsibilities than trying to find an attachment for a machine for another project. So, um, again, enter Bluetooth and it has alleviated so much of that um, manual means for tracking down these different items. Um, you know, Bluetooth, a lot of people hear that and they, they think the color blue, they see the little earpiece in somebody's ear. And yeah, that is, that is all part of it. And that's where a lot of this started from. But how does this locating technology really work? You know, it's sometimes we just say it just works. Technology just works. Or at least we hope so, right? And um, and what true benefits does it bring? As I mentioned, it's it's tracking the devices and, and taking it a next level deeper, Charles, as we look at richer data, as we've been referencing here. Um, you can track maintenance and wear and repair. Um, but to digress here a minute and go back to just how does this work? Two different ways. If we take the one avenue here and we look at what's called a CAT app, um, very light, very nimble, right there on your smartphone um, app, that app scans for those Product Link 161 modules within the range using the Bluetooth technology on your mobile device. Okay, so once that CAT app captures the GPS location of your mobile device, then the app will send that location updates accessible in Vision Link or online through the my.cat.com um, using cellular Wi-Fi connectivity. So in other words, I have the CAT app on my smartphone. I have Bluetooth. We're using GPS technology. We have the PL161 locator um, on a bucket. And I'm within range. I look at the map through the CAT app. Bang, there it is. I, I see that device within range. Um, now, on the other side, if we look at it through the machine, take, for example, the next generation cat hydraulic excavators came out in about 2017. We continue to build out that new platform on a variety of machine sizes and models. That product link uh, 161 module sends a signal to the Bluetooth receiver on the machine then. And the location updates are sent to Vision Link and my.cat.com applications using cellular satellite connectivity again and really reducing the time and resources it does require um, to try to locate them. And again, like I mentioned, utilization. You can track how much it's being utilized or not being utilized, and then also for, for wear and maintenance uh, purposes. So a lot to be said there about Bluetooth. That's just one example, Charles. But uh, again, where, where is my device? And um, it even goes beyond that. We start marrying these attachments to to the actual piece of machinery and, and get some automated settings, uh, for example, like on the hydraulic pressure. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like we have multiple data streams that contractors will have access to from, as you've discussed with us, not only the heavy equipment, but light equipment, you know, attachments, anything that folks really need to rely on to execute against that project plan. But you know, it doesn't really stop there, does it? Because a contractor will be able to figure out, you know, uh, use cases 
for the equipment and the data. Um, and I know full well that you're you know, up to your elbows and helping them with that. So maybe you can you share with us a few uh, uh, use cases that might even go beyond you know, the, the brain dead obvious, like telematics to support like vision link and maintenance and things like that. What are some of the cool things that might either be helping people drive efficiency on their projects and in their contracting business or, or you know, God forbid, even pushing us towards an autonomous future? Yeah, there's um, several things that come to mind here, you know, Charles, when you're mentioning you know, figuring out those different use cases for connect equipment and how can Caterpillar help. And when I think of guidance, I think of vertical and horizontal guidance right away. Um, whether it be alignment, horizontal alignment, vertical alignment. Vertical simply means topography to me or grade, right? And the horizontal alignment, I start thinking center line. I think flow line, inches, edge of pavement, edge of shoulder. And it takes me to 3D grade control. You know, whether integrated in dozers or motor graders, wheel tractors, scrapers, hydraulic excavators, um, the vertical guidance is key. And we know as GNSS, the Global Navigation Satellite System has been built out where we're seeing more satellites. We don't have those dead zones like we did with the Global Positioning System, the GPS system. So that vertical guidance in most cadences, that latency is down, the connectivity is better where this is all the whole big topic here, right, of connectivity. And also on the horizontal side, you know, um, getting more machine specific as you look at our motor graders with auto side shift. So to the term guided, I really, it really navigates my mind or I gravitate towards, I should say, to 3D grade. Now, if we step a little bit past that, you know, beyond blade mount systems and now integrated systems and aftermarket systems, um, I look at the semi-autonomous features, those ease of use features. Um, that continue to help operators get to grade quicker um, if we stay with the theme of grade control. Um, you look at CAT 2D grade with assist. You know, you simply pull back on the stick in the boom and bucket of the hydraulic excavator and just um, right to grade um, to, to make those finish passes to hit finish grade. Holy cow, where did the time go? Lonnie and I were just getting ahead of steam going here and we're up against it already, but don't worry. There will be a sequel, kind of like Son of Cat and the Connected Job Site, or the Return of Cat and the Connected Job Site. Regardless, just get ready to stream that episode as well. And in the meantime, you can find out more about what we're discussing here by talking to your cat dealer, or right here at 4 Construction Pros and RN Pros, where we cover this stuff all the time. Thanks again to Lonnie for spending the time with us. Thanks for tuning in, and please keep tuning in here to the Digging Deeper podcast.